This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Parents and pet friends, this is Best Bets for Pets, and I'm your show host, Michelle Fern. Now, for all of us that have dogs and cats, you've probably always wanted to teach them a few things, right? Well, my next guest is an expert in training animals, and he's actually a trainer to the stars. I'm so excited to introduce him to you. We'll be right back. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Joel Silverman. He's a celebrity dog and cat trainer. Welcome, Joel. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. I'm great. I'm so excited to have you on. Now, I know you've been training dogs and cats, mostly dogs, for many, many, many years, and you have a lot of celebrities that you work with their dogs, but tell us a little bit about you. Well, real briefly, I grew up in Southern California, and I, my parents used to take me to SeaWorld, and uh, I was like 12, 13, 14, and I just wanted to become a killer whale trainer. That's what I wanted to do. So when I was 15, 16 years old, I moved down to San Diego after I graduated from high school, and I started picking up trash, and I eventually became a trainer, a marine mammal trainer. So I worked there for years, and I, I spent a lot of the time that I was there training killer whales, and we did a lot of water work stuff in the water with the whales and things. And um, so a lot of my techniques that I use today actually come from you know working with marine mammals. And so then I moved back up to the L.A. area started doing the animal show at Universal Studios, and that's what really got me into training animals for movies, TV shows, and commercials. And I've spent a lot of my life doing that. A lot of shows, um, a lot of people would recognize there was a TV series called Empty Nest. We were a spinoff of Golden Girls. It was in the, the 80s and 90s. And um, for the first four years, I worked, I trained Dreyfus on the show, and it was a top 10 show and everything. And But I've done, you know, a lot of different other, you know, movies and commercials and hundreds uh, over the course of my, my life. So, uh, you know, started, you know, doing, doing the movie work thing. And somebody asked me to do a video, a, a Hollywood, a, we call it the Hollywood dog training program. Actually, we shot it in 1990 and, um, we sold a lot of them. It was an infomercial and that's kind of what got me working in front of the camera. Uh, but I always, you know, bounced back and forth, working in front of the camera and then also behind the scenes, you know, training animals. Um, and then what ended up happening was I did the, um, I started doing, I was doing, you know, I was training animal when I was training animals for movies and commercials. Somebody also asked me to do this. They were looking for a host for Animal Planet, one of the very, very first shows called Good Dog You. And so I ended up doing that show and it aired for about 10 years. And then I did another show called What Color Is Your Dog, another syndicated TV series. 
And then a lot of people would know me more recently in 2015. Um, there was a Chase Bank commercial. They did a huge campaign for Chase with uh, Serena Williams, myself, and another person. And um, that commercial aired like 4,000 times. And it was, I was featured with my dog, Duchess. And, and uh, there was a bunch of other dogs as well rolling over. And um, But anyways, so, you know, I just, and I just recently launched a dog trainer certification course about two years ago. Um, people know me also as an author. I've written four books as well. And one of the books is called What Color Is Your Dog? And it's training your dog based on personality. And a lot of people know me from that. So, um, but it's just, you know, I really, really like to get out and, you know, talk to people and kind of why we're talking today is just really encourage responsible pet ownership training and things like that. And, um, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's just the, the month and everything is National Train Your Dog Month. So uh, that's what we're getting out there and t- t- teaching people. Okay. And speaking of National Train Your Dog Month, you have worked, well, you've actually worked with, I said you're a trainer to the stars, but you've worked with celebrity pooches more. Celebrity fur exactly. kids, huh? Exactly. Well, that's, those right, are the best right. ones. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, two-leggers, but the four-legged ones are sometimes the best. Yeah, I train, and I do train dogs for you know, some celebrities as well. And I just don't <laughs> talk about it because I just due to their privacy. And I think that they really appreciate that. So I do train a lot of dogs for celebrities. I just don't talk about it. <laughs> well, that's good. And it's... I mean, how you train is how you train, whether it's a celebrity or your dog, which to each of us, our dogs are celebrities. So, hey. They are. They're a star in our own. Okay. You have, I know, a lot of different ways in your repertoire of training various different things, but I think there's always a, well, let's back up a little. What are some of the main things before you start training your dog or how should the pet parent get ready to get their pet, their fur kid ready? Right. That's a great question because so many people do the wrong thing. They will get a dog first. And then once they have the dog, they're like, oh, I have a dog. You know, what do I do? So the question you're asking is great. And I, and I wish everybody would ask this question before they actually get a dog or they ask certain questions before they start training their dog. But there's a lot of things you need to t- people need to understand. Number one is that the most important thing that I will tell people that, you know, the secret to my success, which is not so much of a secret because successful dog trainers will do what I do, is understanding that a dog is the one animal that wants nothing more than to be your friend and to have that relationship and to have that love. And that's kind of the takeaway that I try to, you know, get from everybody. Everybody gets from my seminars or, you know, when I teach and things, and that is the bond is everything. And finding ways to develop that great relationship with that dog, because as you know, you know, Every dog is different. We're different. Dogs are different. Certain dogs like certain things. Certain dogs do not like other things. And the art is really to find what your dog likes and what your dog doesn't like. And what your dog likes, you want to incorporate in your dog's life. What your dog does not like, you want to eliminate from your dog's life. And if you could do those things just from the very beginning, that's the big tip. And then the second thing is we talk about so much is, is, you know, my book is What Colors Your Dog. It's understanding the fact that your dog is different than other dogs and your dog has a different personality. And when you go train your dog, you need to train your dog based upon your dog's personality. Because like we just said, certain dogs like certain things, certain dogs do not like certain things. So a certain reward might be reinforcing to that dog, but that same reward may not be reinforcing to other dogs. Gotcha. And you know what? That's kind of true with people too. It is. It is very true. So You're absolutely correct. Totally makes sense. And what's another good tip to, I guess, put the pet parent in the mindset? I mean, obviously, be patient. Okay. Well, there's five things I talk about. You know, five kind of steps, and that is, you know, we talked about the relationship and we trust. 
We talked about training your dog based on personality. That's the second thing. Um, the third thing was is consistency. People really, really need to be consistent when they're working with the dog. And when, when we talk about consistency, everybody in the house needs to be on board. Okay. And so if you've got, you know, three people working the dog a certain way and the dog is doing really good, but the fourth person is not doing what the other three people are doing and the dog is getting away with things and is not able to, you know, that's not consistent. That's not, that's not consistency. That's very, very inconsistent. And what that dog is going to start doing is going to start cherry picking and start looking at other people and go, oh, well, you know, I'm not working for him. So now I'm going to try to not work for this person. And now I'm not going to work for, and that's what ends up happening. That's where we see a lot of behavior breakdown. So when things are consistent, when we have a lot of consistency, that's super important. The other thing is people make a mistake doing is thinking for some reason, the longer time you spend training your dog in the training session, the smarter your dog will be. That could not be farther from the truth. My training sessions are short. They are two-minute, three-minute sessions, maybe, maybe even shorter. I have a goal of what I want to accomplish in that training session. When I achieve the, the goal, I end the session. Most importantly, if there's a, one takeaway that the, the listeners want to take away from this, and that is end every session, every training session on a positive note. You don't ever want it to be a situation where you did the session and it was so long that the dog quit on you. That's just the worst thing because the dog is not going to look forward to coming out for the next session. If you end the session on a positive note and keep it short, the dog's attitude is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to come back out again. And that's really, really, that's a really, really important message. And then the other thing we talk about is using treats. And we talk about using treats and people know, that know me know that I've been using Bill Jack treats for many years. They have a lot of different types. But when you're using treats, what I tell people is you eventually want to, you know, fade out that treat so the dog is working for you, not necessarily the treat. So the treats are great to train the dog, get the dog consistently working, but over the course of time, we'll eventually start increasing a tactile reward, which is which is petting the dog with the treat. We'll start doing that and eventually we'll start phasing out the treat and just giving the dog a tactile reward so the dog is working for that tactile reward, uh, us petting the animal. And it's become, it's something that we do that we actually condition the dog to do it. Because if you don't do that and all you do is give treats over and over and over again, it becomes a bribery, really, because the dog's like, well, I'm not going to work unless you have a treat. And I've seen that before. Very good tips. Now, when we come back, you're going to teach us something important that we should be Either our dog should know or you should, as the pet parent, be training your dog to know this. Before we continue with our show, I have to tell you about a great new find that I found for one of my best pooches, Mr. Z. It is called Puppo, and they make personalized food for your pooch. That's right. They personalize it. What they do is they consider the age, the size, the age the size of the dog, larger versus smaller, uh, mouth size, activity level, special needs, let's just, you know, dietary needs or dull coats, lower gait, um, any sensitivities to certain foods like weed corn or soy. They consider the weight of the dog if the dog's at a healthy weight or needs more reduced weight type of foods and the flavor preferences and even the immunities outdoors, whether they need extra vitamins like E, A, and zinc. 
and they formulate this all into food that your fur baby will love. The packaging even comes with a picture. Mr. Z's picture is on his food and it says especially formulated for Mr. Z. You can choose from different flavors. There is a little quiz on their site and let me tell you, Mr. Z loves this. Prior to this, he was on some special food from another manufacturer and it was way expensive and he did not like it as much. So I am so excited. We are trying Puppo and he loves it. Now to try Puppo, I have a special offer for you that I am so thrilled to tell you about. You can try Puppo yourself. Just go to puppo.com slash pet life radio and you'll get 14 days of personalized dog food delivered for $9. $9. That's Puppo, P-U-P-P-O dot com slash pet life radio and you're going to get 14 days of personalized dog food for only nine dollars be sure to take advantage of this offer i think your fur kid will love it and you will definitely want to subscribe continuously to Puppo. it is amazing and it's made mr z's life so much better now let's get back to the show I'm with Joel Silverman. He's a celebrity dog trainer, and he's giving us some great tips. Now, Joel, I wanted to see if you could tell everyone one of, I think this is one of the most important things to teach your dog, is to stay. Regardless of what kind of stay, I first taught my dog this because I didn't want, you know, people come and visit you, and they open the door, hi, and you want to say, shut it, shut it, the dog's going to run out. And the dog is always fast to go. But if you have the stay, then the dog doesn't go. So, but there's other stays also, but that's what comes to mind with me. How can we teach our dog to stay? Okay. Well, the first thing I I always like to let people know is when you're training your dog on any behavior, specifically the stay, even at the front door, dog should always be on a leash. Okay. Sometimes even on a long line, because if the dog does go out the door, you have control. Okay. So you always want to make sure that you've got the dog on the leash, you know, for all behaviors, but especially the stay. The other thing is, is when you're training your dog to stay, sometimes training your dog on flat ground, when it's on flat ground and your dog is starting to understand to stay from maybe two feet away and you start stepping back three feet, some dogs start scooting kind of towards you. They, they get up, you know, like two inches or three inches or four inches and they sit again, you know, they do that little scoot thing. And the reason they do it is because it's on flat ground and it's, and it, they really don't understand. So my suggestion is teaching your dog to sit and stay on something elevated. It's always nice. And if you think of something elevated, maybe even three or four inches higher than the ground, well, now it's on something, it's a defined place. If the dog just were to jump off, you could just simply guide the dog right back up there and have the dog sit and stay there. And um, so using elevated areas are really, really important. As you start stepping back to train your dog to stay, the mistake that so many people make, and a lot of your listeners are going to hear this and they're going to say, oh my gosh, I do the same thing. And that is when they step back maybe eight or nine feet, when they're happy with their dog staying, they say, okay. And they say the dog's name, the dog, and they reward the dog for coming to them. And I'm like, well, if you constantly do that, why is your dog ever going to want to stay in one place? Because you're, you're rewarding your dog for coming to you, which is fine. That is a come behavior, but you need to reinforce and reward the stay behavior. So what I tell people is walk to your dog and reward your dog for staying. And then you can call your dog, you know, train your, you know, have your dog come to you as well. But if you, if you walk to your dog and reward your dog for staying probably 70% of the time, 
and only 30% of the time you call your dog to you, your dog is going to want to stay there because you're going to walk to your dog and reward your dog there in that place. And then the other thing I want to mention with the stay real briefly, and that is if you got your right hand up and you tell your dog to stay, um, what a lot of people make the mistake of doing is as they get halfway back to the dog, they reach in, if they've got a treat pouch, they'll reach in the treat pouch when they're halfway, you know, still five or six feet away and they'll reach in to get, get, get the dog a treat. And not a good um, thing to do because as you reach in, a lot of dogs will break. They'll break from that sitting and they'll come running to you. So what I tell people, all my students and all of my clients, keep your right hand up in the air in that stop sign position next to your shoulder. You're right in with your palm up the way you do it. And then keep that up all the way till you get back to the dog. Once you get back to the dog, then I would tell people to reward the dog. So there's there's a bunch of information for the day for you right there. No, that's great information and very interesting tips that I had not heard before. And I've heard a lot. I try to think like a dog. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. If you think like a you know, dog, you know how to train them. So, you know. Okay, I have a question for you, Joel. What do you think is the most important thing that people need to train their dogs? What's the most important thing? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, honestly, there's four behaviors I really recommend. The sit and stay, very, very important. And the come behavior. And then the word no. And teach your dog the word no. And just, you know, for communication. And the sit and stay, obviously, it's exactly what you just said. If you're walking out the door, you want to know that if that door is open, the dog has to, is going to sit and stay there. If for some reason the dog does go out the door, the come behavior is huge. It's very important because you need to get your dog to come back to you when you call your, if your dog does run out the door. So you need to come. And the no is really, really super important because the no basically is, and, and my no, when I say no, I don't yell. I don't yell any, anything. I just say the word no. But we pair that no with uh, having a dog on the leash or something like that. Pair it with something, you know, there's something negative or something like that. So the no means something. And that's, and that's just, that's how they communicate. Dogs don't understand anything unless you explain to them what the story is, you know, what's going on. And so if they're going to walk over here and if they, if you don't want them to continue walking in this direction, you need to say the word no or say their name or something like that to where they can understand. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not allowed to continue walking over the, this direction or jumping up in here or counter surfing or jumping up on people. So that's why it's really, really important to have some sort of word that you use that is a deterrent that keeps the dog from, you know, jumping up on you know, people and things like that. Those are fabulous, fabulous tips, fabulous ideas, too, um, as far as what you should train your dog, you know, the four basics. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, yeah. And uh, one thing that, that people, if um, people looking for, you know, the Bill Jack treats, because I talk about the treats and things like that, they're like, what can we get them? Joel, we talked a little about treats. You mentioned Bill Jack. I love Bill Jack because they, they make great products. Plus, they do a lot for U.S. vets. So I right. really have a great affinity for Bill Jack. I've interviewed some of the vets, even Joe Worley, who's, I think, on one of the packages, recent packaging that they've come out with. And I'm so glad that you're involved with them. What are some of the ways that people should use treats when they're training their dog and even not when they're training their dog? Well, the first thing I tell people is when you're, when you're giving your dog a treat, and I know this sounds really funny, but the mistake that a lot of people make sometimes is understanding is not even how to give the dog a treat. I tell people if you put the treat between your thumb and forefinger, and as I'm talking to you right now, you can maybe do this with your thumb and forefinger. Okay, thumb and forefinger out, extend it all the way out. And if your palm is upward, okay, with your thumb and forefinger out, now, when you're guiding the dog with that treat or whatever, the dog sees that treat right, right in front of you. If you were to turn your hand over 
and have your palm down and have your thumb and forefinger up, the dog really doesn't see the treat. A lot of people make the mistake of actually giving the dog the treat with their palm down and instead of their palm up. So thumb and forefinger out, put the treat there, let the dog see the treat. And that's the one thing. The other thing I, I always tell people too is, and we talked a little about this, and that is is to find the right treat for the dog because every dog is different. And even with Bill Jack treats, they came out with treats, a lot of different types of treats, you know, in the last probably, I don't know, I, I say maybe five or 10 years. But, you know, back 20, 25 years ago, they had one kind of treat. But the dogs do like those different types of treats. So what I tell people is, you know, get a lot of different types, see what the dogs like because, you know, they all have different different tastes and things like that as well. I prefer the Little Jacks made by Bill Jack. And the reason I like the Little Jacks, even if I'm training a large dog, I'll use the Little Jacks because they a little goes a long way. And don't over-treat the dog. That's the other thing we talk about is um, making sure that if you keep the training session short, you're obviously not giving a lot of treats in that session. If you have a long session, now you're giving a lot of treats. So by keeping the tr- session short, you're actually naturally going to give less treats as well. For over-treating, that's important for dogs. And it's important, even though we didn't talk about cats, there are some pet parents that have cats also. And I know you train some cats, even though we didn't talk much about cats. But you shouldn't over-treat dogs or cats because that can really lead into there's a lot more calories in those treats than we think exactly and then when it comes to cats especially when you're working with a cat remember that whatever you're going to be giving the dog and when we train cats for movies and commercials a lot of what we give the cat is their diet throughout the day so as we train the dog it's actually we're giving it the food that it would normally eat during the day and the reason we do that is because we, we just talked about with the dog we eventually want to fade out the food and give the dog just a tax reward that's different with a cat <laughs> The cat needs a paycheck all the time, and the paycheck is food. And so um, so what we do is we make sure we always give that food reward. So um, you make a very, very good point, and that is that if you are training your cat, try to use the diet that you are giving your cat. And um, you can always go online and, and look and see what some of the movie animal trainers have done. But we'll use like a spoon, a very, very long spoon. We'll use that, and we'll just put – if you're using you know wet cat food, for example – and we'll use that as a reward. That way, if the cat you know, grabs the spoon or whatever with its paws, it won't hit your hand or anything like that. So it's a little different with cats. And there are some cats that will actually take the treat right from your thumb and forefinger, you know, right in the mouth, you know, just like a dog as well. I like so, what you said, though, is- about cats always want a paycheck because I'm thinking of my crew, my cat crew. And you're so right. They always want something. And they're, yeah, dogs, you can, yeah, they always want something. That's their attitude. And the cat is like, their attitude is, okay, what's in it for me? Yeah. Fine. What's in it for me? (laughs) Okay. So, Joel, you've given us some amazing tips. Uh, Thank you so much. Now, you've written four books. Where can people find out more about your books? And then I also want to know where they can find Bill Jack treats because they are, you know, they make a ton of treats. There's a huge variety. And I know they're available in so many places. Okay. Well, as far as as far as the books go, um, people can go to my website, which is joelsilverman.net. They can always buy the books, and um, we sign them for them as well. We have DVDs, um, and my alternative training colors. You know, we sell them on the website. Um, you can always go to Amazon. The books are on Amazon as well. And um, my book is called my first book is What Colors Your Dog. My second book is More What Colors Your Dog. Another book was called Take Two Training Solutions for Rescue Dogs, and it's basically um, geared towards um, rescue dogs. And then my uh, last book was Bond With Your Heart, Train With Your Brain. 
It's a self-help book for parents, teachers, managers, and supervisors. It's kind of a crossover book. And it talks about, you know, the best animal trainers I've met are simply nice people. The best parents, managers, and supervisors I've, I've ever met are nice people as well. And, um, and it talks about kind of the parallels. It's a really, really cool book. So you can always get those. You can get those books, like I say, my website or or Amazon. And as far as Bill Jack goes, Bill Jack Pet Supply Center, um, PetSmart, Pet Supermarket, Pets Plus, Chewy.com. And um, you can always go to BillJack.com. And I always tell people, just go there. They have a lot of great information on, you know, whether it was written by like Tufts University and things like that. And these are people that are just, you know, Bill Jack doesn't pay these people to say it. They give you their information on Bill Jack, which is the most important thing is you just want independent um, studies. And so, um, and as I said, I've been feeding the food for a long time for probably since like 1990. And then my dog Foster, who's on the cover of all my books, he's 15 years old. He's doing great. And he's been fed Bill Jack and uh, as well as the um, probiotics for a long time. So and he's just doing great. So we're just, uh, we're really happy with the stuff. And as I said, just, um, you know, there's a lot of good foods out there. You know, Bill Jack is just, is one of them and it's a great premium dog food. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add? I think you were marvelous. It was so wonderful talking to you. Anything else to add that we didn't? Yeah, just just the last thing was just, you know, we, we just launched a dog trainer certification course about two years ago. I fly out across the nation to dog daycare businesses or humane societies, and I certify. It's a four-day certification. It's a very, very aggressive course, a very fast-moving course, because we train four to six dogs over the course of four days to sit, stay, lie down, come, and heal, and go to a place. But it's a really, really cool course. And so people can go to my website, joelsilverman.net, and just read and learn about the course. And you can always email me, and, uh, and, we'll, uh, and we'll answer any questions you have. And you can look at our schedule. Okay, wonderful. Well, Joel, thank you so much for coming on Best Bets for Pets and sharing all this great information about how to train your pooch and what to train them with, with the yummy Bulldrack treats. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. What a great show. I know we normally talk about just product and product, you know, on Best Bets for Pets, but it's wonderful to always share some information too. And I am so excited I was able to get some great info from Joel as far as, you know, how to do different, a little training technique. And I'm going to go get his books because I think uh, Mr. Nikki and Mr. Z can use a little brush up as well as moi on how to train my pets. And uh, boy, if I could train Diva Molly, I'd be in heaven. Anyways, I um, want to thank my crew for for their learning lesson, which is coming up soon. And they really enjoyed the Bell Jack treats. Bell Jack has great, delicious treats. They have a wide variety. And not only are they made with great ingredients, but they support U.S. Vets, which um, does, you know, does wonders for for just for the U.S., um, and I'd like to thank my guest, Joel Silverman, for coming on Best Bets for Pets. For everyone listening out there, thank you for keeping Best Bets for Pets on Pet Life Radio. We're going on uh, nine years. Wow. And thank you to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound great. Now, keep listening. You never know what's coming up. I'm always looking for the best, the greatest, the most interesting product out there that I can share with you. So keep listening. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.